Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you're listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Each week, we bring you a woman who uses her talents to help other women succeed in work and in their lives. I've enjoyed hearing their stories for over 10 years and chose 19 of them to contribute to my last book, Leading Women, which is now available at Amazon Barnes and Noble and your area bookstores. Now, I'm very excited to talk about my new book, In This Together, How Successful Women Support Each Other in Work and Life. It's available on Amazon right now, and in a hardcover everywhere, it'll be available January 8, 2019. I'm so excited about this book that I chose some of the amazing women who are quoted in it to talk about In This Together and about their own work on the behalf of women. This week, I'm pleased to welcome Michelle Weldon. Michelle is an amazing, award-winning journalist, author, speaker, and has a more than outstanding resume. Her essays and columns have appeared in CNN, New York Times, NBC, Time, and The Guardian. Two of her books were featured on Oprah, and she has won more awards than I can even possibly begin to mention here now. Michelle is on the Emerita Faculty in Journalism at Northwestern University's Medell School of Journalism is a senior leader with the op-ed, O-P-E-D, op-ed project, helping women thought leaders find their voices around the world. And perhaps most important, Michelle is the editorial director of Take the Lead, the international women's leadership organization working to achieve parity for all women in all sectors by 2025. She's working on her sixth book, Act Like You're Having a Good Time, Essays on Life, Work, and Meaning, and she has delivered over 200 keynote addresses and is doing another one in January on domestic violence issues. Phew! Boy, I'm so excited to welcome Michelle Weldon back to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. You are some amazing woman, Michelle. Glad you're with me. I'm so pleased to be able to talk to you again, and we're going to see each other here in a few days up in New York City. Yes, I'm so excited. It is exciting. We're going to talk about Gloria Life, Gloria Steinman, who I, you know, you've met her, you've interviewed her. Uh, you know, she did a blurb for the book. She did a promotional blurb for the book, which I was so appreciative of. You know, that alone, that alone is worth gold, you know, to, for Gloria to put her name on anything, especially this kind Absolutely. Of you know, we, we've got lots to talk about because you have an amazing background. And, and I think the stories of how we got to be who we are and as I was telling you, this young woman, she says, I just don't know what to say to women. She, I said, well, what's that mm. about? I said, just ask them about themselves. And you know what? There's always connection when we, when, where are you from? What, what, you know, where'd you grow up? You know, I mean, the simple questions that we can ask to begin a conversation about saying, you know, where'd you get your PhD or what's your, what last awards did you get? You just talk about the basic information because, I mean, that's where we all began. We just began as just, just regular people. We still are. So, right, and then as, as we get deeper, we find, uh, you know, a shared humanity, similar yeah. struggles, if not comparable, then by metaphor, they're connected. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, your op-ed, you know, I, I love that, finding our voices. But, we, you know, once we find our voices, we can help other women. We bring them up along the way. But tell me about you, because let's talk about you just for a little bit here to say what is the, the best news is that you're the editorial director of Take the Lead, but... Tell me how you got to be who you are. Well, I can go backwards from there. I love what I do for, for Take the Lead because it's an opportunity to concentrate on 
the lessons we can get from each other as women leaders and, and aspiring leaders. And I learn something new in, with every person I speak to and have a conversation with. Just this morning, I was talking to Ruth Ann Harnish of the Harnish Foundation, and she's incredibly inspiring. And uh, I just, of course, thoroughly enjoy working with Gloria Felt. She's just magnificent and straightforward and such a role model of how to get things done. (laughs) Really appreciate her. Um, I have such a corny story about uh, being a writer. I love corny stories. (laughs) (laughs) I had my own newspaper when I was 10. It was called the Juvenile Journal. And I had 50 subscribers, uh, 50 cents a year. It was a monthly. It was about four to six pages. I typed it up and had a little hectograph machine with gel and carbon that I put the sheets on and pulled them off. And and I thought I was something at 10. I did it for about two years. And I told my father, you know, how great I was doing and wasn't he proud of me. And he said, you've actually never paid me for postage, so you're uh, (laughs) kind of in the red. So I wasn't necessarily... Catherine Graham, who I wanted to be, but I did really love writing and telling stories and did that in high school and did that in college on newspaper and wrote for the local paper, wrote for the college paper and worked in newsrooms for about the first 12 years of my career uh, in newspapers and magazines and then taught at Northwestern in journalism for 18 years and uh, Then I retired in 2014 from teaching, but I've been working with the Op-Ed Project, uh, which is about raising voices of all underrepresented people of all kinds across gender and race and age and disability and religion and point of view and geography and socioeconomic. So um, I really, really love that as well. And I write books too, so that's... Well, I know you write books. You're writing another one right now, and I love it. Uh, let's see, act like you're having a good time. I, I think I definitely need to read that one. That's, uh, is, that, is that just uh, just some of your, the, the tales and trails and, and whatever, of Michelle, what are those stories? Well, I've written two memoirs, so I felt like I kind of exhausted that. So um, <laughs> the subject, <laughs> really don't have that much more to add. So the subtitle of that is going to be Essays on Life, Work, and Meaning. Yeah. Where your books are more like guidance and really about leadership, mine's more about finding purpose. And, you know, some of it's funny and some of it's um, a little dark. But, uh, you know, I find that the older I get, things really have to have a point for me. And I have yeah. to, it has yeah. to be beyond just the immediate um, happiness. And the title of the book is Act Like You're Having Your Time is what my father used to say to all of us. Yeah, if anybody complained not. about anything, yeah. yeah, you know, there were six of us in seven years, so it was a crowd everywhere we went. And, <laughs> my, you know, my, my, if anybody complained, he would just yeah. say, well, just act like you're having a good time. Yeah. My, my, mother, my mother would always say, because when one of us would say, well, I'm bored, 
I don't like what we're doing. I'm bored. She goes, well, you know, people that are bored are boring to be with, you know. So and it's funny. I've, I've said that to my own kids, and now they're saying it to their kids. So those things, those things definitely, they kind of carry on from one generation to the next. You know, I think the next book I write is going to be more for fun. I wouldn't be sitting here today if I didn't have a good sense of humor. If I couldn't laugh about some of the ups sure. and downs in my life, I don't think I would be sitting at this desk right now. But, you know, mm-hmm. you, you've definitely, you're, you've used your voice, you've used your talents, and this op-ed, I love that because I've just partnered with Sheila Robinson, which is Diversity Women for Inclusion and Diversity, because, it, and, and, you know, and then we're going to talk about Gloria Steinem. She was always the, the diversity woman personified. She was always about bringing and including women of all colors, of all races, of all socioeconomic backgrounds to come out, use their voices, and to become the leaders that they were meant to be. But, uh, you know, and I, I love it when we talk about coming from a place of abundance versus scarcity because I think women mm-hmm. need to understand that we've accomplished many great things. I've been doing for the book these prom- promotions for the radio shows, and it all was based on gender equity pay. And, and this study came out that women are making half of what men are making. Well, it's based right. on what? You know, you'd have to look at all the criteria. But at least it gave me an opportunity to talk about, yes, we've got some, some good things going on. Yes, we've got some things we need to do something about. But then talking about the importance of women finding their voice, finding their confidence, and getting into and ask for what they want. Get what they want, ask what they want. What do you see happening as far as women's leadership? I mean, you see what take the lead. But don't we hear that more than anything when we talk about well, take the lead in the book that women go, how, what do I do about the mean woman? What do I do about this? What's, right. how, do I get, how do I go forward if something's blocking me? Well, I also think, Nancy, there's a reticence for women to really stake their claim and owning the, their own power and their expertise, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, for fear of uh, being called a braggart or, you know, yeah. or, or worse, another B uh-huh. word. Um, mm-hmm. They don't want people to think ill of them just because they've accomplished something. So a real disease, I think, is downplaying what yeah. we've done and what we've accomplished. And then, yeah. for goodness sakes, if Michelle Obama can have an imposter complex, I mean, I think we're all doomed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, if, yeah. If yeah. That, that really does get in the way, I mean, I have given seminars in, in people where I'm looking at their bio and I had a woman who did not say that she had been a MacArthur Genius Award winner because she didn't want to turn people off in the room and, and them not yeah. to like her. Yeah. And then there was well, another woman in, yeah, in a room, an engineer in Stanford, who shared a Nobel Prize. And, and I'm looking at her bio, and she's introducing herself, and she does not mention that. Yeah. And I said, for goodness sake, why would you yeah. not say, well, I was with a group? That is definitely right. I, I was speaking to a, a group of about 50 attorneys, and it was about power, power to, power versus the power over. And I asked this very simple question, how many of you in this room feel powerful? And I thought, women attorneys, negotiators, you know, they, they, they know the law, you know, they've learned to use their voice. Two women raised their hand. 
Wow. And that really that really struck me and then I thought to myself, boy, do we really have a problem with our with our power and our talents and, and who we are. And and I think that's probably one of the, as you said, the, that's the key for women to when they when we walk up to each other and we start talking, we can start talking about who we really are and what talents we really do have. Right. You know, I, I, I ride horses. I'm, I'm an equestrian. So I right. start out often with that conversation because I want people to know that gives me a certain amount of – because people are afraid of riding. People are afraid of horses. So I'm trying to say that, you know, I ride horses, I train, I drive, and I breed horses. And so to me it's a way of, of kind of gently putting in there. You know, I do – I feel powerful. I mean, I, I'm okay with the power, the power to, to That's get on right. a horse and ride and you know and then this amazing conversation typically will come out of that conversation because you know there's always another way to connect that but again that power too and that that ability to use our voices for leadership we've got to find the way that women can start feeling more comfortable with themselves and with that power too that's right because i think we have this gendered malevolence associated with power it's kind of yeah. like you know the power of evil it's a gordon gecko kind of thing i guess where yeah. you know exactly as you said and as gloria says the power over instead yeah. of thinking what you know what are my skills what are my attributes what authentically do i own and what am i and who am i and what does that give me the power to accomplish yeah. what can i possibly do with, with this skill set and with these inclinations and, and these instincts and this work and life and personal experience and all of who I am, what is that going to let me do? What, yeah. what is possible yeah. because of that instead of what do I need to apologize for? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I, if I hear that anymore. And sometimes <laughs> yeah. when it comes out of my mouth, I want, I, I want to take one foot and cram it on top of the other foot. You know? <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, but, you know, in, in the book, in this together, because we're talking about that as well, right. we talk about biases. We talk about the stereotypical thinking that women have about themselves, about other women. And so getting past that kind of stereotypical and those biases that, again, men are seen as leaders and women are seen as followers, a lot of women swallow right. that stuff and eat it and go, okay, that's the way it is. But that's not true. I mean, what was it? I think Sheila Robinson says, you know, we send our we send our children out in the world. We send our spouses out into the world as leaders. You know, we're leading them out into the world. I mean, women have been doing this for centuries. We've been doing that's that. That's right. People. These people couldn't find the bus if they didn't have somebody leading them to it. You know what I'm saying? Giving them the right. Get in out the door. You know, here's here's go this way, do that, put these clothes on, get out the door, and be somebody. You know, I mean, we've been doing it. Right. For centuries you know i think we're on a good track now i really do this book in this together i believe the say and do it's about doing now we've been we can that's talk right about me too. we can talk about time's up but now it's about doing it doing something right about it. take the lead is doing it uh, in this in this together is doing it i want to make sure people understand the proceeds for the book will go to take the lead this book, oh, that's so marvelous. This, Thank this you. This book is dedicated to the whole premise of e- equal gender parity for leadership for our women in our country by 2025. Gosh, mm-hmm. no, I wish it would be a lot sooner, but I just don't know. We've got two right. more years to figure out who's going to be running. Has anybody has <laughs> anybody jumped out there yet? I haven't heard. Well, we just got to make sure it isn't Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden, I think. 
<laughs> you know, and I want to say something about, about your book and why it's so necessary. I'm so appreciative of, of your notion of in this together because like you, you have said and what you write about too is that uh, we, we're more alike than we are different. Yeah, and I yeah. think it's more aberrational that women compete and, and try to hold each other down so they lift themselves up. I don't know, maybe it's because I have three sisters and we're all really close. I never got that competition yeah. thing, you know, and I did have one really terrible boss, female boss once, and I was just absolutely shocked. And I could not believe that is how women treated other women. But, you know, since then, that's about the only bad female leader experience I've had. That was years ago in a newspaper. So I'm so appreciative of you really upholding the notion that being in this together is the norm. Yeah. It's, and that, and and that is aspirational yeah. too. We, we make a clear point also that male allies and male advocates, you know, there's, there's, no, must, there's no more us and them. It's us. That's I mean, right. I mean, it's no more you, you, us and them. It's, it's we. It's a we. We've got to figure that out. But, and there really are some great women leaders. There's some great men that are allies and great leaders that have really mentored. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not to hear women that are in great leadership positions say, you know, yeah, I had great mentors along the way, men and women who helped me to be where I am today. But the important thing is, is when you're mentored and you're lifted up is that you keep lifting other people up as you go. And I That's think right. this has been part of the problem is that women sometimes when they get that lift aren't helping other women to lift them along or even other male advocates to lift them along as well. And, and Right. Once we get into asking for what you want and also asking for help, something dramatically is going to change as far as the way we all do business. And when we really start to understand, it's really about relationships. And we've always been been so good at developing relationships and collaborations and connections. And we're seeing this in corporation after corporation when women do use these, these feminine skills there comes this wonderful connectivity and a lot of these companies are being more and more successful with these women in the top echelons of the corporations and sitting on the boards of directors. Right. And you know that's so interesting when you say when we learn how to ask for what we want. I think that sometimes the reticence not to ask is that a fear of a couple of things, not being worthy of the solution, fear right. that you don't, you know, or fear of looking less than because you don't know the answer. So what yeah. I used to tell my journalism students is as, as a reporter trying to find answers to questions that the three most powerful words are not I love you, but I don't know. Yeah. Because that's yeah. an invitation. That's a vulnerability yeah. and invitation to learn. Now, I was, at, I was recently at a diversity women's conference, and it was a wonderful conference because it really was a lot of younger women coming in who had never been in that type of conference where diversity and inclusion was the keynote. That was it. Mm. We're bringing everyone along, and we're including everyone. But they, there, there was one seminar, and I don't remember exactly who was giving it, but it was a, a wonderful presentation, and it had a pie chart. And in the pie chart, it talked about why these women had become CEOs of, the, of their companies. And the largest piece of that pie, which was 65% of the, of the pie itself, were that somebody, was that someone told them they could do the job. Someone That's right. Someone supported them and someone told them they could do the job. 
you know, I don't know about you, but I see the faces of the, of the women who have helped me and of the women mm-hmm. who tried to, you know, push me down. And it's, it's amazing. I see them vividly in my mind, and those, that never goes away, but it sure does inspire me when I think about how many people have helped me to be who I am without those people. I would not be here. That's right. That's right. Can I can I read what your your blurb because it's really wonderful and and I really so appreciate your kindness and your words. Okay, what sure. you wrote is written in the book through rigorous research interviews, insight and analysis. Dr. Nancy D. O'Reilly has produced delightfully informative, required reading for women and men in all career phases and industries. We all need in this together how successful women support each other in work and life to understand and navigate our own abundance, strengths, excellence, bias, and generosity to be who we dream we can be. I Mm -hmm. love that. Oh, good. Well, I mean it, and I'm so appreciative of your work. Thank you. I heard this, and I think it's so profound. And and I heard this over and over again. Be the leader that you want to be led by. Be the leader Mm. that you want to be led by. And you you know who those people are. They inspire you. They support you. They protect you. They lift you up. Well, okay, let's talk about Gloria, Gloria Life, and then we're going to... Oh, my goodness. So That's going to be something. December 15th, I will see you in New York City at the uh, Dale Roth Theater for a play called Gloria Life. It's a new play about Gloria Steinman written by Emily Mann, directed by Diane Paulus. I, I know there's been performances already, and, I, and I've heard nothing but good things about it. What, what right. You, what, what can you say about that? Well, it's starring Christine Lottie um, as Gloria Steinem. And, you know, Gloria Steinem is, you know, 84, and for 60 years she's been not just performing as a feminist, but acting as a feminist, you know, yeah. since she was at Smith College and all throughout her career as a journalist myself, she was a real role model and icon, starting from her really controversial undercover work as a Playboy bunny, working for Hugh Hefner at the Playboy Club and writing about that experience and the the sexism and the treatment of of the women who worked there. She did that piece in the 60s. And uh, then all of her books and her writing. And she's always been, I think, not just, uh, you know, a source of wisdom and inspiration, but she has such a graceful way to articulate really profound ideas. And I think the way that she talks about not just women's rights and equality, but talks about the necessity to honor humanity and yeah. and all her hard work against domestic abuse and child abuse uh, yeah. globally. I cannot wait to see this. It's It's gotten such great reviews and it's yeah. supposed to be marvelous. And Gloria Steinem herself is there. So, She's wow. She'll be there for a discussion. I can't wait for that part for sure. Right. I'm just finishing up her book and I had no idea really of the impact that she was having, not only in the women's inclusion and diversity, bringing the marches and the people, the women together and the people together, but all the campaigns that she worked on. I mean, she was always in the middle of 
of, of everything going on in history and, and had her finger on the temperature and was very much a part of everything. So uh, I really hope that she can tell us what she thinks about today and what she thinks about will happen tomorrow. Talk about someone that understands and sees it better than anyone. Gloria Steinema is someone we can definitely emulate in so many ways. That's right. And, and she has also, you know, a, a, such a great perspective historically, and she's forward thinking. She's also really humble. And, yeah. you know, she, yeah. I think she knows the impact that she has, but she's not, you know, overwrought no. no. with her own celebrity, you know. No. and. I think she's highly approachable, and I, I wrote a post for Take the Lead that was in last week about I was at a conference where Gloria was a keynote in 2012, and it was a journalism and women's symposium conference, and she was the keynote, and about 200, 225 women journalists, you know, some college age, uh, uh-huh. early career to mid-career to, you know, the pioneers in journalism, and uh, the woman who introduced her said, is there anyone in this room who does not know who Gloria Steinem is? <laughs> and Gloria raised her hand. <laughs> and I was like, that is cool. That is perfect. Yeah. That is perfect. Boy, I, I, and she I, was I'll the only one. That. I'll have to remember that because, by gosh, we know we're all a work in progress, and that's exactly what she was saying about herself. Well, that's I can't exactly. wait to see you. I cannot wait to see you, Michelle, in New York and just to be a part of this historical event. And we'll have so much to talk about. And um, I'm really excited about the future. I really am. I'm very excited. I am too. And I'm so grateful to know you. And I cannot wait to see you in person because we've just been <laughs> friends virtually. So I'm well, so appreciative be, of you. We're going to get rid of that virtual stuff and we're going to give each other a big hug. So I'll see you in a few days. But thank you so much for, for what you've added to the book and your support. And that's 100%. That's what it's all about. So when we support each other, anything is possible. And, and I appreciate all the support that you've given to this book. Oh, thank you, Nancy. Happy to. All right. See you soon. See you. you Thanks.